Before we start this episode, I just want to say that our thoughts are with everybody impacted by the coronavirus and wish to give a continual thanks to all our frontline workers putting their lives at risk to serve their greater communities. To all our doctors, nurses, our incredible NHS staff in the UK, couriers, delivery drivers, teachers, store workers, and apologies if I forgot anybody, but just a huge thanks to everybody making sacrifices for the communities. Please keep safe, everyone, and hope you enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to episode 6 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're continuing with our theme of looking at the individual team needs and the breakdown of the free agency for all 32 teams. This time we're going to be covering the NFC East with the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants and of course the Redskins. Before we get started uh, with the first of our teams, just want to give a, a shout out to Regular Gonzalez for the song Chains, which is the intro music on our podcast. I'd also like to give Shout out to Natasha, uh, wife of Chigs, in keeping with tradition and say a continual thanks for uh, allowing to Chig- allowing Chigs to work on this passion project. And finally, this time I'd also like to give a shout out to the NFL lads. A great bunch of fun-loving guys, massive American football fans based in the UK. Check them out on Facebook. They have loads of giveaways and freebies. Um, you know, over 30,000 followers, I think, as well. A great community. To follow on Facebook so check them out that's the NFL lads on Facebook and Instagram okay so let's get started with the NFC East and first up representing the NFC East we have a very special guest uh, from the NFL lads it's TJ representing the Philadelphia Eagles hi TJ would you like to give the listeners overview as to how you got to supporting the Eagles yeah I've been Eagles fan since they lost the Super Bowl Patriot. Um, that's pretty much how I ended up choosing the Eagles. Uh, that was the first game I watched and I really did not like the Patriots. So I picked the Eagles and it's been a long road to get a Super Bowl win, but they got there a couple of years ago and now it's just uh, looks like it's going back to infuriating again. Well, we'll see. How, how sweet was it <laughs> that you beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl? That yeah, no, that that was days and on the kick. It's sort of like in my fandom would come full circle, you know, just like from <laughs> not really caring too much and losing to really understanding the game and the Patriots again. Get one over on them was nice. Get one over Brady before he left too. That was good. <laughs> yeah, so big big season for you. I mean, I think like many, I watched the All or Nothing special on the Eagles, and at, at some points it felt like. Crimea River, another injury, you know, but uh, at the same time, you were made the playoffs, you know, in a, okay, albeit inconsistent division, but you made the playoffs. And then again, Carson Wentz goes down and it just sort of, it was the story of the season, but there's always a sense that if you can yeah. keep everyone fit, you could have a strong team. Yeah, there's, Eagles fans, everywhere keep saying that, and I think a lot of fans say that at different teams, but at the same times was, you know, if your grandma had wheels, you'd be a bike. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It only matters who, what happens and when it happens. It was impressive 
that the Eagles made the playoffs with, you know, the practice squad for wide receivers. That was that, that was pretty good. Or it was a sign of how bad the East was last year. I don't I don't really know which one it is, and it's I'm leaning more towards the the latter. <laughs> the East was just really bad. No, that's fair, and I mean we'll cover it with other uh, other teams during the NFC East. But you'd you'd expect the Cowboys to be better this year. Giants, you'd expect to be a bit stronger. Redskins, I think, will still still struggle, but uh, no, it'll be an interesting season. So y- you mentioned uh, wide receivers. Um, that's got to be one of your number one uh, priorities in the draft. Yeah, I think it's got to be the. So we've got we've got eight picks this year. I think it's got to be at least two, if not three of them, because. Like as good as Alshon is, he's heading out the door soon. Deshaun, what get how many games did he get last year? Two. And yeah, and then you've got Ortega Whiteside who didn't really show yeah. much in season one, but he's a rookie. It happens. Yeah. It does happen. And then you've yeah. got what was it, Greg Ward. He did he did all right from the for the practice squad to start and wide receiver. But as a permanent fixture, there's a couple of. Apparently, they're saying this is going to be one of the best wide receiver drafts in a since like Odell came out. So it's interesting because when we had our a friend on from the Jets, we were just talking about the teams that need wide receiver, and looking at the draft board, you've got the Jets at eleven, the Raiders at twelve, the 49ers at thirteen. You've then got the Broncos at fifteen. Uh, all who need receivers. Uh, I mean, Raiders have also got pick 19, so they could, in theory, wait until 19. But you're pick 21, so there could be a run on receivers before you get to yours, even though, as you say, there's a, a very sort of talented class of receivers this year. So do you think you're going more for that big-bodied guy to replace Jeffrey long-term? You think you're going for the speedster, a slot receiver... What what's the priority need on the Eagles receiving core? I think it's probably the speedster to place Deshaun because Alshon can is quite quick as well, but you need somebody with the the extra pace just to get over the top of somebody. I think he's probably that that's probably the main need. Like we got rid of the dropper, you know, so we can keep Ward in there for a season. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can keep Ward there for a year, but it's the um, main one is to go for the outside, I think. And if oh, they, if, uh, if if that boy Jefferson drops to twenty one, he could probably do wide and slot. To be fair, so I mean that's the thing you can, you can pick up you know, potentially like a Henry Ruggs, sort of that deep threat. Um, Van Jefferson, big body guy, and T Higgins. Yeah, this this class is prime for teams that want to take a receiver. Um, you know, any of those guys would be a good fit, I think, in, in Philadelphia. So, so is there any faith in Whiteside there developing as a secondary receiver? You guys think, or? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's got potential, but didn't show enough in season one to really believe that. He's going to be there season two. So, if anything, he needs a better competition. 
Because <laughs> let's face it, after what two people went down last year, he was competing with the practice squad. That's not really a challenge. So he didn't get any better. If anything, he ended up like the practice squad. Yeah, so very, very true. Yeah, so just looking at your sort of uh, roster, particularly for sort of fantasy football and an offense, I mean, Carson Wentz, if he can stay fit, has shown he can have an MVP level year. Miles Sanders, I'm very excited about. I think he's a great young running back. And then you've also got Boston Scott, who had a good end. But, I mean, I think you've got three fourth-round picks and also the 103 in the third. So it wouldn't surprise me if you target one of the running backs, um, you know, maybe somebody like a... Cam Akers or even somebody more of a receiving specialist like Edward Zilaire. Uh, but uh, I, I think you're a team that will probably draft at least one running back um, to provide competition to Miles Sanders and also depth. Receivers we've covered in detail. I think you're very blessed at tight end, probably yeah. the, best, the best tandem in the league, arguably, in Ertz and Goddard. And Ertz has just signed on as well, right? So... Um, and then the other signings I saw was a great move to get Darius Slay, a highly regarded corner. And then you also got that nickel Roby Coleman. So I think you got beaten a lot on your corners last year. I mean, Avante Maddox started getting better and then he had the concussion. But that was a big area of weakness. So I think good move by the back office to get get those cornerback signings. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean... I think that was the running joke last year was put anybody that can run a 4-4 and you can go over the top. That, that was it. There was no, there was no nothing else to it. Just run past them every game. They get quite annoying. Um, but that's, they, They've made quite a few moves for defensive players um, in free agency, so I don't know how many they're going to draft in. Uh, but they'll probably bring in two or three, but I just don't know how many they're going to draft so it's got to be asked are you optimistic for this season Uh, yeah we can definitely make the playoffs there's going to be an extra playoff slot and our division is weak so yeah we can make we can can, can make the playoffs Um, the only one thing you guys haven't mentioned that I think may be a surprise in the draft is us taking a QB because they gave Sudfield a one year extension doesn't look like they've got a lot of faith and I can't remember the other guy's name Laletta Kyle Laletta yeah yeah Uh, again I don't know how much about him so if a quarterback falls they might take a punt on him the third or the fourth one of the three fourth rounders maybe yeah that's a good point Uh, but it'd certainly be more in the capacity of a late uh, sorry of a backup and a later round pick to provide competition to Sudfield um, and then be there because you've lost McCowan who you know I think everyone sort of sympathized with what happened in the last game and playing injured and just a real heroic effort there yeah definitely was situation like because someone like uh, an Andy Dalton if he came and saw with the back up there uh, given Wentz's injury history you know, would that be a potential sort of move that would be on the cards? Or uh, I think you'd eat up too much cap space, to be honest. Um, hold on, I need to double check how much. Then they'll get $27 million in cap space. Uh, so that's got to cover the... Yeah, $27 million, yeah. That's got to cover all the, 
the draft picks as well. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, they'll, they won't be as much, but still, don't know how much that leaves for Dalton. But it could be an idea. Yeah, very well. Yeah, well TJ, just want to say, appreciate you coming on. And thanks to you and thanks for, you know, again, to the NFL lads, as we said in the intro. Um, good luck to the Eagles. Hope you go well in the draft. And we'd love to have you on some point again in the future, maybe during the season, um, to talk about the Eagles again. Yeah, absolutely, man. Anytime. Just give me yeah. a shout. Thanks. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so next up in the NFC East, we have the Dallas Cowboys. Unfortunately, our delegation from the Cowboys has let us down, but the team does that to the fans regularly anyway. doesn't stop the fans from thinking they're going to win the Super Bowl every year. But Stephen A. Smith the... concurs. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just the me, Paul, and Mo for this. Paul has decided to join us after his um, earlier hiatus. How dare you? But we've lost Chiefs, Fine. so replace, replace one substandard host for another. I feel like I like to call it an upgrade. Yeah, we'll say it's an upgrade. Chiggs isn't here to defend himself, so certain upgrade. Okay, so Cowboys is an interesting one. The middle of the round uh, in terms of the uh, rookie draft, I think they're, what, pick 17. Just missed out on the playoffs. It all came down to that game against the Eagles, but they're a very high-powered offense. In fact, one of the high-scoring offenses. And even with the change of coaching to Mike McCarthy, they've kept Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. So you wouldn't expect too much to change. I know we also discussed the big um, moves or signings with um, Amari Cooper, the $100 million man um, being signed, and then Dak being franchise-tagged. So, Paul, what do you think the Cowboys are going to do in the draft here then? Well, you're right. They did very. They they had a very strong offense across the board. They didn't get they they was they were the highest scoring, well, the highest in performing offense in terms of yards gained, and up there on rushing and passing. They didn't get enough. They didn't get enough points overall, which let them down. But really, they 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 let themselves down defense, kind of across, not entirely, but kind of across the board. So, I, I'd imagine, I I suspect they'll be going and trying to strengthen that during this draft. Yeah, and you mentioned the defense. I mean, they had some huge losses on defense. They lost Byron Jones to the Dolphins, and then Robert Quinn is gone to the um, Bears. So the Bears' defense will be scary good. I know they did bring in Gerald McCoy at tackle. They brought in you know Clinton Dix as the safety from um, the Bears as well, and then Dontari Poe at defensive tackle. But the loss of Jones and Quinn in particular uh, are really big. So is that what you think they'll be looking to address then in the draft? Um, either I still, corner or I still think they'll be going for secondary. I think they'll be trying to take a cornerback or probably a cornerback. Cornerback, uh, okay. Would be my hunch. Yeah. yeah uh, so... there, I mean, there's a, there's a few in that sort of section, in that, in that region of the draft that, that they could take. Um, and yeah, I guess, it, I guess it depends how it feels. I suppose they could take a, you know edge rusher as well. But my, my money be on cornerback. And the one we're seeing a lot in the mock drafts, or certainly I've been seeing, seems to be CJ Henderson. And Nomo, what do you think if the Cowboys 
were to take corner, who do you think they'll they'll go? Uh, I think they're going to go after. Uh, in my opinion, he's the second best corner uh, in the draft um, uh, after. Uh, uh, well, what's his? Uh, no, no, no. I think the first number one cornerback guy. Uh, he's probably he's, yeah. he's right now projected to go at number three uh, with uh, out of LSU, probably to Detroit. Oh, what's his name? You sure it's uh, not, not oh, Jeff, Jeff uh, Okuda, Okuda. Yes, uh, from yeah. Ohio State. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, most likely he's going to Detroit at number three. Uh, most pro- projections. So yeah, I think the second best is probably Henderson out of Florida. So that's that's what I would lean towards uh, to replace uh, Byron Jones, as you mentioned. But yeah, I mean, again, this, these are all just mock drafts. I mean, you never know with uh, Jerry Jones as the manager there. Yeah. So looks like the big needs will be on defense but you know majority of i mean i know we're starting an idp league soon but majority of the leagues we're in is on offense so i think they've got a very solid core there with dak at qb uh zeke as running back with you know backed up by tony pollard who did show some flashes amari cooper we know had a good rapport with um dak what are your thoughts on gallup i thought he i thought he came on quite well last season uh, yeah, I actually see a lot of promise there. Um, I actually did draft him in one of my leagues, uh, hoping hoping for him to be one of my keepers. Um, he didn't develop as much as I thought he would in the second year. Um, I thought he, you know, it was great in the rookie year. Second year, I wasn't as impressed. Um, however, I think I think he's a solid number two. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I think you know you got Amari as number one right there, and I think I think he's a very good uh, compliment receiver. And now that they lost. Uh, uh, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb in the slot. I think they're going to have to address that. I don't know if they have anyone present currently in the roster that could fill that slot. So that they might address that in the, oh, in the really? draft, if anything. And that's an interesting point because, um, I mean, this is being said to be a generational wide receiver class. So you think they'd look to use the round two pick or probably wait until the third to, or maybe even later, to get that receiver in the slot? Uh, I would logically it would make sense to go second or third, but hey, with Jerry Jones, he may see use the number one pick. You never know. See who's available. See if one of those wide receivers like Rugs drops down or something. I think that's that's possibly true. Actually, if they if the cornerbacks the the, you know, the top three cornerbacks go earlier than expected, then maybe they do change their plan totally. I still think they've got to focus on defense first, but I yeah, think that. Sorry, I mean, that's a division that's there for the taking, isn't it? Last season, that NFC East was really poor. And, um, you know, it was almost, uh, in a way, a pity to see the Eagles there. You'd rather somebody else in one of the other <laughs> divisions make it. But uh, it is what it is. They got there on, what, 8-8 eight and eight in the end, or was it 9-7? and seven? But it, that, that NFC East is really there for the taking, um, I feel. Who's funny? Who yeah, who do you what guys do you feel think... has the best leg up for that division? I would say the Cowboys probably start as favorites. I think with McCarthy, it's uh, not just a place, uh, you know, um, an offensive scheme or anything that comes with it. I think it's actually a culture change that they might need, a, a sort of tougher culture, more accountable culture. You often felt with Jason Garrett that he was trying to be everyone's friends. I don't know if he had it in him to... Um, you know, really um, make players feel accountable, um, give them give them a good sort of hair dry treatment, um, that kind of thing. So 
think with McCarthy coming, there is a big change of culture coming as well. What do you think about these, these you know, the trio, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, for, from fantasy purposes, for these this team having the strongest set out there or one of the, the strongest three out there? Yeah, very high-powered. I mean, even in our mock draft, you know, Zeke went round one. I think Amari went top of round two. And then Dak, I thought, was later than should have been at Superflex, but went round four. But, you know, we're talking three players who are going to get drafted very high, particularly in the Superflex league. Um, in in the one QB league, Dak, you'd still expect to be top seven, top eight quarterback drafted. Uh, I just think they scored. offer if you just had, if you took one actual NFL teams, you took one running back, one wide receiver, one quarterback, which teams do you pick? I think there's a good argument for taking Dallas here. Dallas, maybe the Saints with Michael Thomas, Kamara, and um, uh, Drew Brees. That's another, yeah. another interesting one. Um, Buccaneers, depending on who they take at. Uh, Running back, if they do draft one, I don't think with Ronald Jones. Uh, Chiefs, of course, but you know, a candidate to potentially draft a running back. But Cowboys are definitely up there. If you were but to I mean, right, right now, I don't think you could take either of those two. You, you know, the Bucks, um, Bucks or the Chiefs, because you just don't know where they stand at running back. Maybe post draft, but uh, as it stands at the moment, you know, they're they're strong in two of the three, very strong. Yeah, agreed. And I think Cowboys showed, you know, um, very high-powered offense. They did keep Kellen Moore at offensive coordinator, so they were certainly ticking in that regard. There was a little period towards the end where uh, the offense sort of, um, you know, didn't show up and could have potentially cost them that playoff spot. But, uh, yeah, you're right. If you were to pick three from one team, they're definitely one uh, one of the leading candidates, so to say. Yeah, I think so. And then, Mo, what do you think about the situation at tight end? Because I know on a previous episode, you you thought that they were a prime candidate to draft someone. I know they did sign up Blake Jarwin to an extension. But from a fantasy perspective, what do you feel about tight end? I feel that's where they're going to use their third or fourth round pick. Um, again, I mean, I think as many people have mentioned, the tight end class is not the most riveting um, this year however i think you can still get a solid tight end that could block and catch um i, I honestly mock draft wise i wouldn't know uh who would end up in that spot because i think that's that's one of that's that's one um that's one position that no one quite knows uh who's gonna be falling where i mean some people have the tight end from notre dame uh commit um you got hunter bryant in washington you got hopkins from purdue uh, and no one knows exactly what teams will be targeting, who's going to be available at that point. Uh, but one thing I do, I do know that I think you're going to have a good number of tight ends available towards the end, uh, end of the, you know the later rounds, um, you know third, fourth, fifth round. So I mean, I, I think they, I personally believe that they need to address that. I don't think, um, as a Jarvis, the resigned is, uh, is 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 the guy that's going to be uh, the future in the long run. Yeah, and I also think the Cowboys are, uh, you know, either a late round or maybe even a free agent running back, I think, because there's not much there outside of Elliott. I know I mentioned Tony Pollard, but after that, you know, you've got unheard of 
names like Jordan Chan and Jamiz Oluwale. Uh, I mean, he's more of a fullback anyway, so there's not much depth there. So it could be sort of team who either goes for third or fourth round or maybe even one of the later round running backs here. Oh, I can see that too. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, uh, I agree. You, you, you know, it doesn't hurt to have depth at uh, some of these skill positions. And I think with the way the Cowboys use the running back, I'm sort of giving away my um, secrets or my plan, so to say. But good to if hear. I've got a, if I've got a third round rookie pick or you know an early fourth, I'd probably want to take the Cowboys. Uh, you know, knowing that they'll probably be third or fourth in the depth chart initially. But running back is a position where there's a lot of injuries. So, uh, yeah, pro tip out there to the listeners. Um, keep an eye out on whoever the uh, Cowboys draft as a running back depth. I'll make sure uh, I'm drafting in front of you in the fourth round. <laughs> I've got all the picks this year, remember? Well, I've got plenty. Gills are all early there, right? Pretty much, yeah. I think... Six in the top 18 and then not a lot after that. Yeah, if you're looking to trade back, let me know. <laughs> you're going to trade those quarterbacks, Paul? Oh, no. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, that was our Cowboys uh, breakdown. Um, cheers for that, Mo and Paul. And Chiggs, you let us down, buddy. Usual form. <laughs> Take care, guys. Cheers, guys. Right. Thanks. So next up, representing the New York Giants, we have Broderick. Uh, Broderick is also the host of a wrestling podcast called Holy Shoot. So, Broderick, thank you for joining. Would you like to give a, an overview as to, well, around Holy Shoot, uh, how long that's been running, but also about how you got into supporting the Giants? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you, first and foremost, uh, for inviting me onto your podcast, uh, great privilege and honor um but yeah uh, holy shoot podcast you can um on all good podcast providers and some rubbish ones too uh we've been doing it for about a year and it's just me and a few mates um just debating random topics uh, in the world of professional wrestling and it's been going on about a year uh we do a whole wide variety of segments it's not just one thing uh, each and every week so We've done fantasy drafts, we've done quizzes, we've done um, fantasy drafts, very very appropriate, by the way, <laughs> and uh, uh, to pay-per-view reviews. So we've done all sorts on our podcast. So, you, yeah, if you can catch Holy Shoot Wrestling, just type that in, whatever your podcast provider is. Um, my Giants fandom, very interesting. I've been a Giants fan for, uh, ooh, since 2012? Feels like a long time ago. Last decade. And uh, it's been downhill, downhill ever since I watched Super Bowl 46 <laughs> and decided to be a glory hunter. Uh, I, fun fact for you, I was a New England Patriots fan for about two quarters. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to support the Giants with my mate instead. And uh, I decided I'm going to be a Giants fan for life after watching that Super Bowl. And it's been miserable since. <laughs> So this is the first year uh, of life without Eli. How are you feeling about Eli's retirement and the, uh, the impact um, on the organization as well? I think for all the on-field issues that Eli has had over the last three, four seasons, um, 
even behind a dodgy offensive line for most of that time, and even without Saquon Barkley, uh, like running back, um, it, you can't deny the experience, the calmness, the professionalism that Eli brings to the organization. He is a fantastic person off the field. Um, he know he is a winner. He won two Super Bowls, and you know I think he's the last of that era with him and Tom Coughlin that makes that made the Giants successful for a long time and I think it's going to be a steep learning curve for the entire organization with a new head coach a second year quarterback uh, so tremendous young talent on the offense but yeah losing Eli is going to be a huge blow to that locker room I think yeah, and just you know, speaking as a sort of outsider watching Eli over the years, but more, even more specifically over the last couple of years after he was dropped, um, you know, first year was it Geno Smith? I don't remember. But then last year for um, for Daniel Jones, he just looked like the model teammate. Didn't look sulky. You know, he looked like he was there to help, offer his guidance where he could. So just a model, model professional. Um, and definitely a role model, as you say. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think he once said in an interview his dream job would be to be a backup quarterback. So I don't think he minded <laughs> the position too much. Uh, you know, too many fourth uh, quarter combat drives for him in his uh, time with the Giants, I think. So uh, he's probably relaxing right now. And uh, yeah, there, there is something on the New York Giants uh, YouTube channel that I want to check out where he's actually being interviewed about life after Giants. So I'm going to watch that something soon. But uh, yeah, um, great career. Shame about the last few seasons. But um, yeah, I think Daniel Jones will be a good replacement going forward. You know, the most impressive thing I like about Eli, apparently he had a beer guy in every NFL stadium he went to. There's a guy who would always supply him with beer. He's a big beer from drinker. God, I love Eli, man. That's why they call him Musee. <laughs> so before we before we get into the draft, um, you had quite an active um, off season and mm. a couple of really big moves. Uh, Mo, I know this one probably hurts, but James Bradbury from the Panthers signed <laughs> to a three year deal, and then also Blake Martinez from the Packers. Two big signings on your defense there at corner and linebacker. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Martinez is replacing um, Ogletree. We've lost him uh, for the free agency. I think Ogletree is probably slightly better than the two players. I've never been a huge uh, fan of uh, Blake Martinez. Uh, Bradbury, on the other hand, I think that's a pretty good signing. Um, you know, since we were out of the running for Byron Jones, uh, he's probably the next best secondary player on the board that we can get. Uh, we definitely need help all across our defense. So any experience there is um, pretty good. So I, I was pretty pleased with uh, Bradbury. I think um, Carl Fricarell is uh, is probably our best, uh, could arguably be our best pickup. All four season last season, but two seasons before, you know, he had a 10 plus sack season. Um, we've lost Marcus Golden. So if he steps up and replaces Golden, has that 2018 season all over again, he could be uh, one of the steals of free agency. So uh, look, looking forward to the draft then, got mm-hmm. pick four, another early pick, which um, you're probably getting used to these now, but <laughs> so, um, so how do you think, how do you think the Giants are going to go with this pick? Or do you think they may even 
trade down? Um, I did read something earlier today uh, whilst doing my research. I think it was on Giants Wild USA Today. Uh, they they, uh, they projected that we would trade for Yannick Ngokwe, uh, the uh, Jacksonville edge rusher, which would actually solve a lot of our problems. And it would solve Jacksonville's problems because they won't be able to resign him. He's done with the organization. Um, so I would I would be quite happy to get him, but uh, I don't think I don't I don't think we're likely to um, get a trade for a player. I'm not sure if we're gonna get be able to trade down. I think Detroit's more likely to trade down, and I think um, a team like the Chargers could be willing to trade up. So I think we'll, we might just be stuck in the fourth position, but that that opens up a whole range of possibilities. Um, Ideal world, I would want Chase Young, but I think he's going to our enemies in Washington. So uh, I think Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, he'd be a great pick. But I have a horrible feeling that we're going to go for another offensive tackle <laughs> for the third time in 10 years because we cannot draft offensive linemen to save our lives. Anyone in particular who you'd like, if you, if you are there? Uh, I would prefer Tristan Wirfs. I think uh, he's a better pass protector out the four. Um, I think Beckton's a better run um, run blocker, but I don't think he yeah. offers that much in pass protection. I think Jedrick Wills is, a, is kind of like... He can do both well, but I think we really need that pass protection because the amount of fumbles that Daniel Jones had in his uh, first season, there's only so many times where he can escape the pocket. And I think pass protection is key for our organization. Uh, we have stepped up and replaced someone at right tackle. Um, we need someone solid at the left that ain't called Nate Solder to come in and step up. So as far as I'm concerned, I think Tristan Worst would probably be the best pick at the fourth position, even though I'd prefer a defensive talent. Um, or to draft our first linebacker in the first round in like 30 plus years. And then what about in the second? What do you think the team looks to address with the uh, fourth pick of the second round? Um, I think they're going to go for a defensive talent. I'm I'm, I'm 99% certain they'll go O-line in the first round. So guys like Terrell Lewis, AJ Penza, edge rushers like that would be a great benefit. There's a couple of safeties that will be in that position as well that we can pick up as well. The names have surpassed me but I did my research earlier. Um, so I think I think that's what we're looking to do is with our draft picks just to boost that uh, defense in the second round and probably in the later rounds. Um, we get a couple of offensive linemen, one at a tackle or in the center. I think that's going to be our draft strategy and into 2020. So then looking ahead to the fantasy outlook, because it doesn't seem like in the earlier, and you don't have a third either, so it doesn't look like you think they're going to go for um, like a receiver, for example. So then looking ahead from a fantasy perspective, I think Daniel Jones is a solid dynasty quarterback. Really, um, really had a good season last year, considering he had piecemeal receivers and a lot of injuries. Ooh. Oh, I, I, I have to disagree with that. I have okay. to disagree. Piecemeal receivers—they overperformed. Um, I looked, I looked at, like the standard fantasy that 
I, I did my research for this. I, I had nothing to do all day. So I did look into uh, like some standard fantasy stats. And it's quite interesting, like on Fantasy Pros, that you look at uh, Darius Slayton, who's a good rookie pickup, Golden Tate, experienced receiver, Sterling Shepard, good in the slot, Evan Engram, tight end. Okay, he did not have as good last season. Um, but you actually look at where they're ranked and actually how many points they picked up per game on average. And you actually look at that comparison to the rest of the people they're ranked against in that field. They're actually performing above where they were getting drafted uh, with players around that area. So I would say they're not piecemeal wide receivers. I think they, I think people thought Odell Beckham was a guy and that was it. And, you know, we actually have three or four pretty good wide receivers on tight ends um, on our books. Yeah, and I, I just want to clarify what I meant. It's because there were a lot of injuries amongst your receiving core and tight end. So I think um, on one of our recent podcasts, one of the guests mentioned that Slayton, Tate, Shepard and Engram played only one game together all season. So considering that's your core four, and there were also games where none of your receivers were around, I think, where you had the likes of Cody Core playing and Reggie White and I, uh, names I can't even recall, you know. So You can't recall yeah. Benny Fowler Jr.? God damn you, oh, son. <laughs> well, no, I should know him because he was a Broncos player, right? But, uh, I was about to say. Um, so, no, I, I agree. If they can all stay fit, I think you've got a really good receiving core there. Um Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, both really solid slot players. So it might be interesting mm. to see who plays on the perimeter more, who plays in the slot. Evan I, Ingram. I think, um, yeah, I, I mean, Evan Ingram will be the slot, but I think Slayton will be the number one wide receiver. Um, he showed a lot of promise, has a great connection with Daniel Jones. That was, that was from last year's preseason into the uh, 2020 season. So I think there is a very good dynamic there. So I kind of expect uh, Slayton to do better uh, than last year. I think that's one thing I look at. Um, I would say if you're going to draft any Giants receiver, it'd be Slayton. Oh, really? Ahead of Shepard and uh, <laughs> Tate as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Slayton has the most upside. Um I, I mean, it's obviously a risk in comparison to the two experienced receivers, but I was just looking at whether be where the fantasy pros are like drafting him. That they are drafting him over over Shepard and Tate, so I think that you know screens a lot as well. That's interesting, Paul. How do you have that, particularly from a dynasty between Shepard and Slayton? I'm I'm fairly sure he's right because I would have said the exact opposite. Not yeah, not maybe not in dynasty, but you know, for for next season, I would have thought so. So yeah, that that nails it. And then, of course, at, at running back, you've got a generational talent in Saquon. So um, you know, just great, great at everything, right? Great at running, great at catching, great at um, pass pass protection as well. Yeah, he's just the greatest. Yeah, you think he's in for apart, a big apart season? From, apart from Caffrey. Um yeah, I I mean yeah, the 
slightly poor second season. I think that's due to more to do with injuries and bad play calling more than anything else um, in New York. Uh, hopefully that's rectified with Joe Judge. Uh, but yeah, I expect a big third season from Barkley. He's going to go number two in every fantasy draft. McCaffrey's going to go number one. Barkley's going to go number two, possibly number three if some people prefer Michael Thomas at New Orleans. Um, but yeah, he's definitely, at least in a fantasy perspective, the second best running back option um, yeah. out there. I think he's it's probably second best in the actual in the in the game as well, not just fantasy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd definitely him over Ezekiel Elliott all day. Uh, get get that cheap shot in. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Barkley is phenomenal talent. And we're very lucky to have him. Uh, I think it's great that we picked up Dion Lewis as well, experienced um, receiver. Offers that option, that rotational option that. Barkley so needed last season so it'll keep Barkley uh, fresh and uh, Lewis I think can be very interesting like a very late round pick in Dynasty good at ca- good as a catching back as well so uh, I'm excited to see what the Giants offense can offer so one one last thing I wanted to check is what are your thoughts on the Joe Judge hire are you happy unhappy indifferent I mean <laughs> I I think with all the coaching options out there, um, a guy like Ron Rivera would have been great. Um, But yeah, the jury's out on John Joe Judge. No pun intended. I think with ex Patriots coaches, the Bill Belichick coaching tree, you have to take that with a bit of um, bit of caution because. You know, Matt Patricia hasn't done great in Detroit. Josh McDaniels, when he was a head coach, wasn't that good. Uh, you know, the Tim Tebow disaster in Denver. Um, so, you know, um, I think jury's the, out. The counter to that would be somebody like um, Vrabel's Vrabel. been good with yeah. the Titans. And then I really like what um, the Dolphins coach, again, the name evades me, Brian Flores, oh, yeah. I really like what he's doing at the um, Dolphins, and we covered that when we had Jack to talk about the Dolphins uh, in the AFC episode, AFC East episode. But uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. There's there's mixed uh, results with the Belichick learning tree, so to say. Were you, were you upset at Carolina for taking rule? Uh, absolutely. He was our number one target. <laughs> I think he was everyone's number one target, though. So. Uh... Yeah, no, I I think for Carolina the pressure is on the on the ownership and Matt Rule to perform. I don't think Joe Judge has that same pressure in New York. Fantastic. Well, Broad, just want to say thanks for joining us. Would you like to just uh, tell the listeners how they can find your podcast again and the name? Yep. Uh, feel free if you love professional wrestling and if you love idiots talking about professional wrestling, then you'll love me talking about professional wrestling. Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast. It's uh, we do a podcast at least once a week. We have interviews, uh, fun segments, you name it. We do everything in terms of uh, professional wrestling. We cover absolutely everything. So uh, go check us out. Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Find it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. You name it, you'll be able to find it. 
Yeah, I'm a fan. I'll, I tune in every week. It's <laughs> very entertaining, and you've got a good, really good dynamic amongst all the um, hosts on there. Uh, I'll yeah. also add the details on the episode description so listeners can find it as well. Well, awesome, awesome, and we're gonna have you on your uh, on our pod in a few weeks, hopefully, uh, recording an episode as well. Uh, Amir, yeah, sorry. Great. Brilliant. Rod, just Brilliant. want to say thanks for joining. Good luck to the Giants. Hope you nail the draft again this year and um, good luck for the season as well. Yeah, I, I look forward to doing this next year when we have another top five pick. <laughs> well, I would love to have you on during the season as well. So uh, we'll oh, keep that dialogue thank open. Thank and, you. Uh, thank see how it's going. But yeah, best of luck and thanks again for joining. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks. Okay, and uh, next up with the NFC East, we have the Washington Redskins, and representing the Redskins, we have Suchit. Uh, so, Suchit, thank you for joining. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? Yeah, we're doing great. These uh, these uh, individual team breakdowns have been really intriguing, and I think learning a lot for fantasy purposes, getting fans' insight as well. Uh, so, right. so Suchit, how did you um, get to becoming a Redskins fan, and how long have you been playing fantasy for well so my family and i moved to the dc area in 98 and then just kind of picked up on football from there and then just was naturally a redskins fan through the local team but uh hasn't been a lot of highs mostly lows but you know you're trying to support the home team as best you can um and then in terms of fantasy football i've been playing for i think about 10 years 11 years or so yeah Oh, very good. And um, so you've you've had a big, big change at the Redskins, almost like a change of culture. How do you feel about the changes that have happened, and um, what are your views being sort of a local fan? So, so it's they they needed to change the culture. The culture previously was, you know, when they were under Bruce Allen and Jay Gruden, and there was a uh, there was a running joke that you know the team was essentially club J because it would just be like players that he's buddies with and you know there was no accountability and whenever somebody spoke up about it like a DJ Swearinger or someone uh probably if they you know they would give him a couple warnings and if they didn't pipe down they would be cut so yeah you know it's very like if you're friends with the coach you're okay you'll get start yeah you'll be able to start you'll get playing time you know you'll probably get an extension or whatever but uh, all that has changed because none of that actually led to any kind of winning. There's a lot of dysfunction in the office with Bruce Allen, uh, the players, uh, especially with what happened with Trent Williams. I think that was a huge driving factor. Uh, Trent Williams, uh, I don't know if you guys know, seven-time Pro Bowl left tackle. Uh, you know, he his uh, cancer was misdiagnosed by like, the Redskins team doctors. It's a, it's a really muddy story. I'm, I'm not going to get too much into it. But basically, he said, oh, the medical staff didn't, you know, evaluate me correctly. It almost cost me my life. I don't want to play for the Redskins anymore. And I don't like Bruce Allen. And it just, it all blew up in the media. But anyways, um, digress. Big change was obviously getting rid of Bruce Allen and, you know, promoting quality guys from within, spreading out control, and then obviously bringing in Ron Rivera to establish a culture of accountability, winning, and, you know, like nobody's above the team kind of thing. Yeah, I think Mo, as a Panthers fan, you probably think very highly of Ron Rivera and everything he did. 
Oh, definitely the best hire they could have done, in my opinion. Yeah, and as, as most fans here actually are really optimistic about the whole Rivera thing. Um, it's just, well, once he was hired, everyone was optimistic, and then now that free agency frenzy is over, everyone's kind of like, hmm, scratching their heads a little bit because of some of the moves he's made. <laughs> Let's see, now that's, that's, that's where Rivera does, he does need a GM. That's, I think that's the problem is you guys need to get a GM. You can't give Rivera a full control. Great coach. Uh, he'll, he'll create discipline in the locker room, but I think you still need a general manager above him. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I know they've promoted Kyle Smith to director of player personnel, but they, there needs to be one voice rather than a Rivera. Even though they're calling it this coach-centric approach, like I still feel like you need a GM. And rumors were that they were going to – find a GM after the draft, but I, I haven't heard much about it, um, so I don't know. Okay, so um, in terms of free agency then, a um, couple of big moves of note. Uh, you got Kendall Fuller from the Chiefs, who was quite sought after at corner. Also got Darby on a one-year deal, who did have some good seasons for the uh, Eagles at corner. Um, Wes Schweitzer, the guard from Atlanta. How are you feeling about your free agency moves? Uh, the free agency moves were okay. Uh, Fuller was definitely a, a really, really good pickup considering he was actually drafted by the Redskins. Uh, he was part of the trade that brought Alex Smith to D.C. Um, but no, happy to have Fuller back. Uh, I wish they could have worked something out with Dunbar, but it just seemed like his attitude was pay me now before my contract is done kind of thing. And they just they, they didn't know what they had in him. So I, I, I get the I, I get why they moved him. Um, the Darby thing, I think what they're basically doing is just trying to bring in guys and see where they're at, see how well they fit into their system. And obviously, if Darby works out, if he can stay healthy, you know, maybe uh, maybe give him an extension or maybe resign him to a longer deal uh, next year. Um, there are other offseason moves. They signed the left tackle uh, from Chicago. Um, still think we need a starting left tackle because this guy's a good swing tackle, good depth, but I, I don't know if he's like, 16, 17 games starting caliber left tackle, especially considering Dorian Haskins hasn't even played 16 games. I mean, the kids barely played seven, seven and a half games, six and a half games, and you know he needs he needs uh, protection. Um, I wish they would have gone after. Uh, well, I know they tried to go after Amari Cooper and he turned them down, but um, I wish they would have signed a couple more guys who were more impactful on offense. Uh, maybe a good veteran wide receiver. Um, they did sign, uh, geez, who's the guy? Uh, I couldn't remember off the top of my head. They signed a wide receiver. It was just, again, a depth signing rather than a starting caliber wide receiver. Overall, oh, the moves Co have been okay. Cody Latimer from the Giants. Yeah, Cody Latimer. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Again, a depth guy. He's got good size, decent speed. But again, I don't know if he's this, you know, he's your number two to Terry McLaurin's number one. Um, so, uh, all, and I wish they would have done more in the tight end, uh, tight end department. Um, I know they signed a couple of guys uh, that are to a one-year deal or two-year deals, but nobody, again, is a starting caliber tight end. Um, they need a good blocking tight end, and they need a good pass-catching tight end. Yeah, you, your tight end was really muddy last year with uh, Jordan Reed <laughs> yeah. habitually yeah. out, and then Vernon Davis at like 50 years old somehow managing yeah. <laughs> to and, find a way to play. And, well, apparently in the first game, hurdled the dude and ran for what, like a 45-year touchdown. 
That was amazing. I don't think even Vernon Davis saw that coming. But <laughs> but the, the funny thing is, the Redskins spent so much on the tight end position last year. They sent something like $16 million, uh, in their from their salary cap and got the least amount of production out of probably any of the 32 teams. Yeah, the rest of the names aren't really notable there. So um, before we go into the draft, I think it has to be asked. Uh, do you think Haskins is the starter or do you think Rivera trusts a veteran like Alex Smith? Is he even fit to play? Uh, Alex Smith, I don't know if he's ever going to play football again. I mean, nobody knows. Like his updates of, you know, there were updates that like he started walking and he might start like jogging. But I mean, at the end of the day, when you get hit again in that foot, I don't know if it's going to hold up. <laughs> it might be okay for everyday life, but maybe not an NFL game. Uh, as far as Haskins is concerned, I think the kid has the abilities. I think he needs to be given the proper coaching and the proper time. Uh, one of the another one of the downsides of this, and a minor downside of the situation that the world is in right now, is you know athletes can't, oh, especially for NFL players, like they can't talk to coaches, they can't get playbooks, they can't go work out you know this, that's really gonna affect his development more than anything um i know they brought in kyle kyle allen they traded for him um thank you for that fifth round pick as a freebie <laughs> <laughs> it was the kendall fuller pick i guess you know i don't know what to tell you um yeah because I, I i was surprised i was like why didn't they just wait until they cut him the panthers <laughs> had like five quarterbacks <laughs> um but he is probably just one of those, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of thing. His old, uh, his old buddy's still the GM over there, right, Marty Herney? Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, so no, I think I think Haskins is the starter, uh, and I think Rivera is going to give him this season to see how he develops. Um, if not, then hey, we might be in the running for Trevor Lawrence next year. <laughs> And I suppose in terms of protecting Haskins, losing Flowers to the Dolphins was probably quite a big hit. Uh... Yeah, it was. But I think they did okay with the with uh, the dude from Atlanta. I think he'll be okay. Um, yeah, they've got good. a couple of guys they drafted last year uh, in West Martin and Pierschbacher. So I think West Martin is going to compete for that left guard spot, and he should be able to win it. I think he did all right filling in. Uh, whenever Flowers was down a couple of times and when Sheriff was out last year. Yeah, uh, all good points. And so you, you don't have a second round this year. I know you traded that last year to move up to get Montez Sweat, but yep. pick two in the draft. How, how do you think the Redskins go? Do you, do you just take Chase Young and take arguably the best player in the draft, or you think you might trade down? What, what do you think Redskins are going to do here? Well, there's been a lot of this whole, like, Tua, you know, Redskins talking to Tua, showing interest. I think it, I personally believe it's all just a smokescreen. Um, when it comes to uh, trading down, I think it's an option, but I don't think they want to trade too far back. Uh, I think they, they'd be okay with going as far back as Miami. Um, I saw a really crazy scenario uh, on one of the mock drafts. I think it was pro football focus where – the Redskins traded down with Miami, but then traded back up to Detroit to get Chase Young. Uh, like, if that happens, that would be the dream scenario. Because they'd be, like, according to the, the mock, they added the extra first round, which is like the 18th pick or the something pick. 
But uh, no, I think I think they stay put, and I think they take Chase Young. Ron Rivera is a defensive guy. He's gonna he's gonna want a defensive line that's solid, uh, and you know can get after the quarterback. And my view on the Redskins is you've actually got a sneakily good defense there. Uh, so you know R- Rivera's starting with quite a good core already, and you add Chase Young to that. Could could be a sort of um, you know undercover good defense at the Redskins. Yeah, they've got what uh, two two first round picks from Alabama. Uh, they've got Montez Sweat, um, Kerrigan. Kerrigan's always been a good player. He's never been like a great or elite player. You know, you can probably count on him for like ten sacks a year, guaranteed. Um, but again, he's getting up there in age. Uh, I, I and Ionitis has really come on. I, I think they have a good core, uh, yeah. which is what. Chase Young, uh, and I think that's what Rivera's banking on, is he's going to try to win with defense and then let Haskins take his time to develop. Yeah, absolutely. So then um, I know we're all fantasy players here, so are there any fantasy players you think could have a um, good season that people may not have heard of or who've been interested, but you've got hope for this year? Yeah, I think uh, so. Obviously, you know, everyone knows there's AP, there is Terry McLaurin. Um, last year, uh, I think it was me in in the league that I'm in with Mo. Um, somebody had Darius guys. I think either I had Darius guys or I had AP. Or the other, I ended up trading AP. But uh, guys, if he can stay healthy, uh, I think he can he can show you know that he's he's a good quality back. But again, health is going to be a big big factor. Um, I think a sneaky late round pickup might be Steve Sims. Um, yes, I like that. Guy. Yeah, he uh, he can they they can design a lot of plays for him, not just throwing it to him, but also jet sweeps, reverses. Uh, he took one to the house against the the Patriots last year. That's right. That was a great touchdown. I was going to say one of the darlings of um, dynasty leagues last year was Kelvin Harmon and didn't really show anything. How, how do you think he's going to perform this year? Um, I think with Harmon, it's going to come down to what they do at receiver in terms of either the draft or adding another veteran. Like if they trade for somebody, uh, I know there might be a couple of guys out there on the trading block, but I think they'll also uh, give Harmon a chance to compete possibly for that number two spot. And it's going to come down to how his chemistry is with Haskins. Um, if Haskins is going to be the guy, which I think he will be. If Harmon can develop that chemistry, I think you look for Harmon to really come out and have a good second half of the season. So, yeah, he might be a good, like, stash and wait and kind of see his player. And one player I was really intrigued in, again, from a dynasty perspective, um, I know you drafted him injured, but Bryce Love. Bryce what's, Love the, yeah. what's, what's the whispers around Bryce Love in, in uh, D.C.? So they brought in J.D. McKissick, um, and then, you know, everyone thought, oh, well, that, that just means Bryce Love's going to get cut. I, I don't think Bryce Love's going to get cut. I mean, this guy was uh, a Heisman winner or a finalist. If he had come out the year he got, he won the Heisman or was a finalist, he was probably going to be a first-round pick. And, yeah, it sucks. He, he had a couple of bad injuries, and uh, the Redskins took the flyer on him. Uh, they, you know, I've seen some reports that he is recovered. He's healthy. He's working out. And so I think, again, he'll also get a chance to compete, which is, which is what's kind of nice about Rivera is that he, he likes to give the young guys a chance. 
Uh, and I think he will give uh, Bryce Love a chance. And Bryce Love initially may start off on special teams, but he'll definitely challenge McKissick for that, that third running back spot. Right, and you've also got uh, Peyton Barber as well, who showed flashes when he was at the bucket. Yeah, I, I don't know that signing. I don't know where that came from, to be honest. When I, when I saw that, I was kind of scratching my head going, what? What's that for? Um, I don't know if it's insurance against guys. If they're looking to move guys during the draft, I, I don't know what's going on there. I'll be honest. And one other player who didn't do much last year, but... In, in his first year, Trey, uh, Trey Quinn actually showed some flashes in the slot, and he was Mister Irrelevant a few years ago, wasn't he? In the draft, so um... yeah. But you got to remember, so a couple things with Trey Quinn: a, he's a Jay Gruden guy, and b, the guy has a hard time staying healthy. Um, he's shown flashes, but I feel like Steve Sims has already taken over the slot role, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if Trey Quinn, unless he sticks around as a punt and kickoff returner, which Steve Sims, I think Steve Sims is also a punt returner. Um, unless he sticks around as a special team base, I don't, I don't see him really challenging Steve Sims for slot jobs. Uh, he might, he might not make it out of camp, to be honest. Interesting. His stock has certainly fallen. So, yeah, <laughs> and I know we touched on it. Are there any tight ends worth drafting, either in redraft leagues or dynasty? Uh, for the Redskins, if they pick up Adam Trotman in the third, like I've seen so many mocks, um, he might be an interesting guy because he's a small school guy, but he's also a big guy, big hand, uh, safe hand. I like catching Um Trotman might be a good flyer in like your late 15th, 16th round kind of thing. Uh, but that, I would go that far. I, other than that, I wouldn't trust any Redskins. <laughs> Well, Suchit, thanks a lot for joining and giving your insights as a local diehard Redskins fan. Very intrigued to see what you do in that draft, either at pick two or whether you do trade down. And, um, you know, good luck for this season. And we'd love to have you on again to talk about football, fantasy and the Redskins. Thank you. I'd love to do it again. This is fun, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Speak soon. Have a good one.